Hello! I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 17 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. In this episode, we'll be covering Chapter 73 through 75. That is like weirdly hard to say. Chapter 73 through 75. Anyway, oh, Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Mass. It's a weird fucking section. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still recovering from the last episode. But for anyone who needs a reminder, Kim, will you do the honors? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, Fury and Bryce have a reunion, um, mm -hmm. of sorts. Uh, Hunt has sold the Sandriel. Bryce tries to buy Hunt from Sandriel with a little bit of help from Jessica. Uh, yeah, Rune stops Bryce. Million plan, right? <laughs> right, like, totally not the smartest thing on the planet. Uh, Rune does stop Bryce, but she becomes outed as his sister, and a Crystallis demon attacks Bryce. Whew. Yeah, but uh, we're hoping that lot. now we're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't even know. <laughs> we're just hoping that we're back on schedule technology, like wise, family bullshit wise. I don't even know. But please remember, this podcast is not for little ears. Nope, never, ever, ever. <laughs> Especially lately, you and I have been dropping all kinds of stuff that little ones should not be hearing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there was your warning. Okay, well, uh, I have, like, nothing to say because this section is just fucking weird, and uh, I literally have, like, three notes that I told you about that I, like, one moment when I was like, wow, this be real important. Uh, one moment where I was like, wow, I'm sure this was supposed to be surprising, but it's just fucking anticlimactic. And then just a bunch of question marks. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Fair. So why don't you just kick off chapter 73, which immediately starts with me having just like a bunch of fucking question marks. <laughs> Lucky us. No. <laughs> just teasing you. Right? I'm just going to be like, like what, what is it? Huh? Um, um, oh my God, this is such a timely time to tell this story. Um, when I read this section, I hear not the real like version, like where Jack Skellington says, what's this? What's this? No, instead of, I, I hear that other version, which cracks me up, where it's, the fuck? The fuck? The fuck is this over there? The fuck? The fuck? The fuck is in the air? The fuck? Like, <laughs> that's me, this whole section. The fuck? The fuck? Like, why are we talking about this? The fuck? The fuck? The fuck is the point? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, there's your Nightmare Before Christmas reference. Woohoo! Um, amok, 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 amok. <laughs> There's hocus pocus. So there you go. Anyway, I do think I do think that there in, in this section, amok, 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 amok is kind of appropriate at times too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So chapter seventy-three. Tell me what the fuck it's about because it, you know, like bit me. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Well, chapter seventy-three. Uh, it it hunt is at the uh, the summit. It's oh, day one of the official part of the summit, the fun part where he has mm -hmm. to be dressed and stand with Sandriel's legion. I was trying really hard. Yeah, to Yeah, nice. you're making it already make a lot more sense than the words on the page. Kim. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm trying to be really nice because I just kind of, I'm sorry, Pollux makes me want to say things that I'm not supposed to say. So just like, well, sure. <laughs> but also, I just feel like immediately I'm like, what? Like, I'm I like immediately I'm like, I'm sorry. What book am I reading? I know that I'm reading like two other fucking arcs right now. I know I just finished some little like romancy dude. Like, I know that like maybe my brain is not in the right place, but I'm like, do, 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 we're at the summit. This one was held at a conference center. It just feels wrong for a fantasy book. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I agree. The fuck? <laughs> I agree. That's a good. <laughs> yeah. And then we get this big ass paragraph where it's just like each territory. And like, I hear it as like one of those like voiceovers at the beginning of a movie where you're like, I'm sure this is important, but I'm bored to fucking tears. <laughs> Each territory in Midgard held their own summit every 10 years, attended by various leaders within their borders, along with a representative of the Asterian, a few visiting dignitaries relevant to whatever issues would be discussed. This one was no different, save for its smaller scope. Like, I'm sure that means something in the fucking, like, universe where we live here. And we know that they have them every 10 years and we have something to compare it to, to call this one small. Like, these are just fucking words, dude. (laughs) No, and not only that, I think the only two territories we ever hear about is Pangera and and, and, and Valbera. So there are right. more than that on 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 this planet of Midgard. This is what I'm saying. I'm like, wow, talk about some fucking word salad. I uh, repeat, the fuck, the fuck, the fuck is over where? <laughs> like, and not only that, but then he's like, although Valbara is smaller Pangera, than Pangera, Micah held four different summit meetings for each separate quadrant of his realm. So. He's over an area that's big enough to divide into four quadrants. Uh, Do we ever hear about this before? Because I don't recall hearing about it. No, Kim. I literally have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) And like, I, I, I say this like lighthearted. It's not necessarily a problem. Like, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme. Like, whatever. It's mostly just funny. But like. I just do want to say, like, Kim, you and I, like, read pretty carefully and, like, take notes and, like, discuss and, like, you know, I just, it, it, when you get something like this and we go, well, I don't know what the fuck it means. That really concerns me for, like, ye regular reader who's like, I've never read a Sarah J. Mass book before, but this one looks good. Like, fuck, you're screwed. Like, did you make (laughs) it this far? I'm so sorry. Like... It's not usually this scary this time of year. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm so sorry. Nobody warned you. Unfortunately, we did not know. Like, well, and so, like, I know, like, all right, for example, so Bryce's mom and stepfather live on Valbera. Like, they're in Valbera, right? I get that. But beyond that, I don't understand where they are in relationship to Leniathan. I don't know. I don't even know how to say or spell Leniathan. So fucking (laughs) This is feeling very reminiscent. And this will only be, I think I've told the story before. And this is only funny to like one fucking person who's probably not even listening to this podcast. But this is a little like the first time I tried to watch Star Wars. And my friend left for like five minutes and I got fucking confused. And she comes out of the bathroom to hear me screaming, I don't get it. I thought we were already on Yoda. (laughs) 
She was like, Yoda is not a planet. I think we need to turn this off. <laughs> Mind you, I was like nine, uh, like wait a year, started over, everything was fine. But like, <laughs> my point is, I feel like we're already on Yoda. So I don't really understand. <laughs> He's got four quadrants on Yoda, and it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what a quadrant is. A quadrant of, I guess, a landmass beats the fuck out of me, dude. Like... I, IDK. I mean, yeah. I understand it. That the territory of Valbara, which I guess, if you want to think of it like a country. I mean, technically, we could, in theory, I mean, in theory, the U.S. is divided into four sections. Continental U.S., you have the East Coast. Yeah. You have the Midwest Plains. You have yeah. the Rocky Mountains, and you have the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, I guess. And then you have Texas. Don't <laughs> If you're listening to this and you're in Texas, don't worry. You're the part of Texas we want to keep. Anyway. <laughs> I can't say anything. I have a lot of family in Texas. Um. <laughs> oh, but I mean, well, in theory, you're not too far off. Texas did used to be its own nation, and we'll proudly tell you that. So, <laughs> right, can't help it if they still want to be sometimes. Okay, but like, okay, but seriously, going back to this map, I don't fucking get this map. But also, I just realized that like that little boring ass paragraph that made me want to die. Um, what I did glean from that though is every 10 years, blah, 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 all of them do it, each territory. Well, then this thing ain't that fucking special. But they don't all do it in the same year. No, and I get it. But my point is, is like, I thought this summit was like a bigger fucking deal than this. And it really is like just a meeting at a conference center. Like, (laughs) it's kind of like, it's kind of like calling a special session of Congress. Right. Which, Maybe. like I said, I mean, sounds spatialer than it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So instead of, instead of you know, meeting by Zoom in smaller groups, we're getting everybody in that area together in yeah. one big room. Oh, yeah. No. That's basically it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk for like 10 fucking minutes about that. Literally the first boring ass page. Anyway, carry on. You're fine. It, it, it does. It opens up and it's it's there and, and you get this whole little history of it. And you're like, okay. And, yeah, exactly. Um, but Hunt and the Triari for Sandriel, as well as uh, Micah's Triari and his legion. So the 45th and the 33rd legions are actually there before the VIPs arrive. What happens is basically anybody who isn't a VIP has to be there ahead of time, dressed up, and there's like this big red carpet that the VIPs get to mm-hmm. walk. Right. And um, they're there in their little groups. It's so bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> Fury Axtar, while 
attending the summit is not considered a VIP. So she's on the ropes and she is across the the red carpet from Hunt. Yeah. Um, and apparently she kind of gives him the stinky eyeball. Um, he is in the 45th Legion, which is Sandriel's Legion, and he is surrounded by Sandriel's Triari minus one, uh, who is the Hind. And it is actually important to know who her Triari are. Not so much, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler, it's not so much for this book, it's some, It's actually more so for the second book. Sure, sure. So I, just, figured, I figured we bothered for a reason. So I We do bother and a, we bother for a, a note, reason. It's not an exciting note, but it is one. <laughs> it's one that needs to be there and be mentioned, yes. Sure. Um, Pollux is the commander of the Legion, kind of like Isaiah is for Micah. Sure. So Pollux is standing in front of everybody trying to look all fancy schmancy and important and mm -hmm. prove what a prick he is. <laughs> um, and then literally across from them is Isaiah and the 33rd. And Naomi and, and Isaiah do look at Hunt. They acknowledge him to the best of their ability. Isaiah right. actually kind of basically lets you know that he feels sorry for him. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um, the Fey Ox and the Shifters Ox are also there being represented um, by the not VIPs. I guess it's the only way I know to explain sure. it, right? Yeah. Uh, and that includes, so Amelie is there. Now, Amelie, I, I do like this little note that Amelie didn't so much as dare look in his direction. So I think that's interesting. Amelie's there. She <laughs> yeah. won't even look at Hunt. She's like, She's mm -mm, like nope, can't look nope, at you. nope, nope, eyes ahead, eyes ahead. <laughs> and we do know that there are witches there. And, and there's all kinds of people there from all sure. the different right. houses. Anyway, <sighs> drummers start trumpeters start and all of a sudden the vip walk has started and the people are getting out of their cars to walk down this red carpet yes Woo. and so the first one i think it's interesting the first one to walk though is jessica okay yeah this is fascinating for like so many reasons because you're like cool wow she's important I bet we're going to talk about why. Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just like, and then Jessica walked in because she's fucking doing it. Like, no, like I thought that either Hunt was going to be like confused and like, I don't understand why she's so important. And I'd be like, cool, bro, me either. Or he would like inside his brain explain why she was so important, but he didn't do that either. So I was just like, wow, everybody in this fucking room knows everything about Jessica, but the reader does not. <laughs> well, but, you know, so here's the interesting thing, because he even makes a note in this, and, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you do suddenly realize Jessup was the only one from the House of Flame and Shadow. Sure, yes, yes. Like, the Viper Queen isn't there, the Under King isn't there. Right. None of them are there. The only one to represent Flame and Shadow is Jessica. Yes. Which... When you realize that, you're like, well, shit, she's a whole lot higher up and more important than we really thought she was. Well, right. But it's still... Weird. Like, well, it's not that it's weird. 
<laughs> it's, it's weird. Kind of like, well, it is weird, but it's like what it's like what we were just saying about like not understanding what the fucking planet and map look like. Right. You're like, yeah, I can deduce that she must be fucking important, but compared to what? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. mm, you mean like she's important? Like Autumn King is important, except for the fact that he. We don't even really understand to the extent that he's important, or like you know what I mean, or she's important. Like Rune's important, which is again a little confusing, but he's a little less important than his dad. Like you know what I right. mean? It's like compared to what? <laughs> like, right? I know. I'm like, wow, this is all clear as mud. I don't know the planet we're on or the hierarchy system. We're just here. <laughs> I agree. It's random. And I leave it at that. It's random. <laughs> uh, so the next ones to show up are the witches to include yeah. the new queen, Queen Hypaxia. And as she's walking by, we suddenly <laughs> realize that she's familiar. Hunt is like, I know her. Holy shit. It's the witch from the med witch place that did the extraction and made the antidote. Oh, my effing God. Surprise! Jazz hands go with that one. My note is like, I'm sorry. This is the only way I could have, like, I, mm, I have feelings about this because my feelings are very, um, um, well, on one hand, I probably on an unconscious level knew this. I'm not trying to say this to be like, I'm so smart. I figured this out. My point is, is like, it was pretty much written on the page, like pretty fucking clear when we were talking to her that she was probably talking about herself or at the very least a very close family member. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, this is not fucking shocking news. But second of all, I feel like this was the only way we could possibly have presented this information and me be so bored that I was like, I don't even care. It is in this boring chapter where I'm already so bored. Don't worry, guys. Eventually our characters are going to tell us how bored they are. And I'm like, me too, bro. Uh (laughs) Well, I think it's funny because Hypaxia actually acknowledges Hunt. Right, right. Which which is is funny. Yeah, it was just funny to me. I I did appreciate that. But I just felt like, I just felt like uh, if we were going to reveal that this was her identity, I just feel like there had to be a more exciting time. You would have thought. Instead, it's it, just like, oh, look, it's her. It seems anyway, kind of like let a, me talk about everybody else. I mean, it really seems like a bit of a denouement, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I was like, cool. We're not going to discuss this either. Great. Like, <laughs> we're just going to keep bringing people in and being like, isn't that shocking? Moving on. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, so the next ones to come in, of course, were the uh, the mayor. Yeah. Um, Therian is high enough up that he's there walking like a human with two legs and not swimming with his fins. Um, Therian does not turn from Hunt either, but the look he gives him is really filled with sympathy. Yeah. Um, and Hunt is kind of pissed off, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, don't be pissed off at him because actually, Therian, I think in a way, would still have his back. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 
Also small note nobody cares about, but somehow I missed all the way up until this point that he has red brown hair and I have picked picturing him as a blonde this whole time and I refuse to change my mind. <laughs> no, he's a... Yeah, it's okay. A... Well, yeah. That's okay. Jessica has blonde hair and I refuse to picture that. I know. I keep thinking of her and dark hair, so it's okay. I'm with you. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm sorry, but I just, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> You're good. The wolves come next. Sabine walking with her father, the prime. Uh, She sneers at Hunt. But I love this. She's trying to get the prime to take the the escalator. He realizes what she's doing. And he was like, oh, hell no. I don't care that I'm old and can barely walk. Fuck you. We're walking up the stairs. And, you know, part of me is like. Good for him. I was you know, say, you I mean, go, old miserable man. You go. <laughs> I mean, I think I I guess what I I like about it is it kind of lets me see where Danica got some of her chutzpah from. Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't her mother. Oh yeah, it wasn't her shitty ass mom. Uh the Fae show up next, the Autumn King, and of course Rune. But. This time seeing the Autumn King, Hunt does really realize that, oh yeah, Bryce is his daughter. Like the coloring, the hair, and facial expressions. And he was like, oh my god, I didn't put it together sooner. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> but he does say something interesting to in his mental thing. And I, I kind of want to read it because I just find it interesting. Because he goes, he couldn't blame Ember Quinlan for running the moment she'd seen the monster beneath the surface, felt its cold violence, and realized she was carrying its child, a potential heir to the throne, one that might complicate things for his pure-blooded, chosen one son. No wonder the Autumn King had hunted them down so ruthlessly. Which is super interesting because Mm -hmm. of the autumn king's perspective we just got previously exactly which is suddenly it goes back to that whole unreliable narrator type thing where it's like wait a minute wait a minute i just assumed that bryce as a child like what bryce is telling us is what her mother told her and she's Mm -hmm. looking at it as the from the eyes of being this woman's child not objectively to Mm -hmm. what may or may not have actually been happening at the time right so did he hunt them down ruthlessly to what? That's the thing. We never discuss what. I'm not entirely sure we know exactly what Ember thought was going to happen. I mean, we know based off of what had previously happened to Ember, what she was afraid of happening. But now that we're hearing the Autumn King side of things too, we don't actually know that. Right. Like what we were taking at face value may have just been one interpretation of what was happening. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting because this plays into, like, public perception versus reality. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. To be completely fair, I don't mean to be a lunatic, but, like, because, like, far be it for me that, like, probably the Autumn King is just a dick. Don't mind, you know, don't mind me. But I'm just saying, like, on the other hand, we have to assume there must be some good part in him somewhere because otherwise, how come Rune turned out so good? Well, his mom, but that's a different story well but like we still know that that's not how that works we still know know. that like his dad's ultimately a ruler making the decisions (laughs) i know i don't know i mean i really i don't know so it's just interesting 
it is, um, you know, it, his description of Rune I find very interesting. Simply mm-hmm. because that was the part I flagged that said, "I'm sure this will come back later." More so in book two than this. Oh one. well, yeah. Anyway, um, again, there's a spoiler for everybody, but it does. <laughs> it becomes much more important in book two. Um, you know, he talks about the fact that with the Star Sword at his side he very well could have been one of the very first starborn with the coloring that he has uh and he might have been one of the very first to pass through the northern rift so long ago and i find that interesting because (laughs) we know well yeah we know where they came from yeah yeah i just thought that was interesting because i felt like that confirmed that I was like, okay, we've been trying to, we've been beating around the bush. <laughs> well, but remember, okay, now remember in the print, in, in the release of the books, this came before Silver Flames. Sure. And it does get confirmed in Silver Flames. Oh, nice. Cool fun. Cool so fun. fun. It, it, and so then after book two taking you, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we're reading them. And the, this is essentially for this moment, reading this book and then Silver Flames and then going back to Crescent City too. That is release order. Yes. So and that's it, part of the reason we went. And all the light bubbles are going to go off and you're going to be like, oh, oh, oh. So anyway. Uh, but Rune looks at Hunt, shakes his head. He feels bad for Hunt because Hunt's in shackles there. Um, and then I like this, this the description because so all the major players have shown up from all the major houses with the exception of the angels and I, I love how it says this the atrium seemed to inhale to pause the angels did not arrive in cars no they dropped from the skies 49 angels and the Asterian guard in full Regalia marched into the lobby, spears in their gloved hands, white wings shining. And I thought, I think it's interesting because remember, these belong to the Asteri. They they don't even answer to Micah or Sandriel. Like Micah and Sandriel can tell them to go jump off a, a cliff, and they'll look at Micah and Sandriel and be like, "Fuck you." Um, so I I do find that interesting. The two governors show up side by side, <clears throat> and all the Vanir, except the Asterian guard, bow down <coughs> to the two of them. So, interesting. And both Micah and Sandriel make a point of looking at Hunt as they walk by. Sandriel's smile sears Hunt almost as badly as Micah's utter disappointment and weariness. So I think it's interesting that they both they both make a point of letting him know how they feel without like making it super obvious, super well known, uttering a word. You know what I mean? So I thought that was really interesting. And then Hunt makes the mental comment as they walk past and start going upstairs to go into the meeting room. You know, it's interesting that they hadn't been forced to become a mated pair. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been unusual, as he says, Sandriel and Shahar had been the result of such a union, though perhaps the fact that Sandriel had likely killed her own parents to seize power 
for her and her sister had made the Asteri put a halt on to the practice. Only when the governors reached the conference room did those assembled in the lobby move. So I found it interesting that, you know, they're all stuck there and it's not until Mike and Sandra get in. But on the way up, he's looking at them and like, they really should, like, he's surprised that, that the Asteri didn't force them to become a mated pair. And then you realize that very well could be the power of any offspring that they would produce would probably be enough to stop the Asteri cold. And so I think the Asteri are like, yeah, no, no, bad idea. They go into, so all the other people that were on either side of the red carpet go into the to the conference room, the meeting room in this conference center. And basically it's like a reverse pit. You know what I think of when, when it's described, Kelsey, is kind of like a really fancy version of a theater in the round. Everything's steeped up. And the further down you go, the more important you are. But it's theater in the round. So, I, I, I again, that's the image I got. I don't know about anyone else, but that's how I kind of picture it. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about by theater of the round, think of like the Coliseum. You know, the seats are all up. You know, if you look at the way the Coliseum is built and the, the floor is down, you know, in the center area. It's like a stadium or an arena, but in this case, it's as a meeting and, you know, the more important you are, the closer you are to where the real action is supposed to be happening. He gets wedged between the triari uh, and, and ultimately placed by some of the Asterian guards who just ignore him like he doesn't even matter. But he describes he describes this layout, this theater of the round. Call, he calls it the pit of hell. And it was a wonder that none of its princes stood there, which I find so fascinating that that's how he describes it. So everybody's in, everybody's in their seats. Again, the closer you are to the bottom, the more important you are. Uh, around the bottom itself is, you know, like... Uh, basically you know like the 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 leaders that are there so the two angels the i mean the two archangels the jessaba the prime the autumn king you know i just it it's really that's who's there um, right hypaxia and all that so they're there and there are vid screens everywhere, so I guess think of it like a an arena with yeah, 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 yeah. Runs. And so they're there and they're doing their thing, and the videos pop on, and they literally get a live feed from the Asteri in Pangera from their throne room. And I think it's interesting because Hunt says. Even from nearly 6,000 miles away, Hunt could have sworn their power rippled into the conference room, could have sworn it sucked out the warmth, the air, the life. I find it so fascinating that that's how their power is described. And if you've read Last, you'll understand why that's even more fascinating. I'm distracted. Have that conversation. I'm distracted by 
the the number of miles. <laughs> yeah, I'm distracted by the number of miles because, like, out of fucking curiosity, I was like, mm, like, what? Like, I can't, my brain doesn't do a good job of, like, what? okay, first of all, I'm, like, distracted by the fact that we use miles here because, like, only Americans use miles, so that is some bullshit. And then also, like, I am East Coast, so, like, I was like, okay, but isn't like from here to Los Angeles, only like 2,600 miles. The answer is yes. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, what the fuck? Like, like, so their, their planet is easily earth size or larger is I think the part that my brain was like caught up on. Cause all of a sudden I was like, I think it's oh. larger. I was saying, because otherwise 6,000 would be like literally like exactly opposite to like where they are. You know what I mean? And that seems unlikely <laughs> so i think of and i'd have to do the math but and you know math is not my strong subject here but think of six thousand all right so we have 2400 to go from the west coast to the east coast okay sure it's what another 12 1500 to cross the atlantic yeah Okay, so 6,000 puts you somewhere in the middle of Russia. Yeah, okay, because, okay, here's actually, here it is. Here you go. From Washington, D.C. to Tokyo mm -hmm. is just over 6,000 miles. That's, I mean, it's crazy. Like the way the airplane flies, not like technically like, you know, yeah. straight line dot hold a rope like you know but like <laughs> yeah anyway yeah um so for like our non-american listeners because like what the fuck like nobody like we're the only dumbasses that use miles anyway so like, this is like a really like useless but yeah so dc to tokyo if that helps anybody or ten thousand eight hundred ish something like that kilometers like ten thousand yeah. kilometers yeah between 10 and 11,000 kilometers. Like, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So I'm sorry. My brain is just really hiccuping on the fact that, like, no wonder you and I don't know what the fuck anybody's talking about. <laughs> I really want to see a map of this world. Not just Leniathan. Well, I want to see a map of the world. Apparently, you need a whole world. fucking globe, Kim. <laughs> And that's and that's the problem. That's the I, I decided that is the problem. Like when we're working with Akatar and it's Prithian, you're looking at like essentially like <laughs> the UK, right? Like right. you're looking at a little chunk of probably a larger world, but it doesn't really matter because it's a singular chunk. Right. Like that would be like writing a book today and being like, I'm gonna talk about traveling around the UK, but I'm not gonna write about traveling around the whole fucking world like you know what i mean you're like my book well, is about traveling about, the uk they they do talk about you know the continent on the other side of the ocean right. but right. when you look at the map it's there and kind of broken down for you yeah it may not be broken yeah. down well but it's there you can look at it and say oh okay and i can also tell you in the throne of glass world and the maps there they do the same thing and you're like okay, I have a far better idea where things are in relationship to each other. Sure. But with this one, I'm like... Huh? Yeah, I got fuck all. I had no idea. 
like 6,000 miles. I don't understand. I don't, I can't. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. Not a fucking clue. Like, like, because now I got questions that have nothing to do with anything, Kim. Like, I guess because they got all the normal shiznit that you got today technology-wise. So I guess they take planes. Well, we have helicopters, so I would assume so. Yeah, I guess we take planes. I don't know. I'm just saying, that's fucking weird. So, again, remember that a flight from D.C. to Tokyo, it's like, I don't know, what is that shit? Like, 24 18. hours or something? It's... <laughs> 20 it's 18 hours i think 14 hours if you manage to get some sort of like not weird fucking layover situation right so saith the internet so yeah i've never known anybody to pull it off in less than 24 hours because well layovers exist um <laughs> uh, anyway point is is like uh, i realize none of that really matters but it just makes the world building kind of weird anyway carry on <laughs> No, it's fine. It's it is very very world weird world building that happens, yeah. and I, I'm with you because yeah. I kind of like. Or even I'm lost at this point. Even if I'm just like fuck it, I don't need to know. I will just imagine that yeah, that's like six thousand miles away. I don't know. It just it bothers me that like we have no concept of like cool, but what's between here and there? Mm. Like <laughs> the ocean, but beyond that, we don't know. Right. But like, is that, you know, like maybe it's the opposite of our world. Like is 98% of it water and there's only very little landmass? That would explain a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then you got like folks, So like that doesn't even explain a lot because then that means that like, they got like a huge ass fucking realm. Anyway, so see what I mean? This is the problem. I'm with you. This is, it's okay. This is what happens when fantasy books just don't do maps. Like we need maps. Yes. They're, they're very important. Anyway. So the one thing that Hunt does while he's, while they're all kneeling in the exterior talking to them is he, through lowered lashes, he is looking around the room to see who else is lifting their eyes toward the exterior mm -hmm. to look at them, not straight down at the ground. And he's absolutely fascinated and i have to say it's an interesting list of people therian rune mm -hmm. declan and queen hypaxia not even fury or jessica dare look up from the ground right yep that's who does and i find that absolutely fascinating if you gotta find your inner circle you just found it anyway Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that, but well, but you see what I mean, though. Like, you need your people who are on the same brainwave as you. That's it. Mm -hmm. You pretty much narrow down out of the whole fucking room. That's it. Those are your best shots. Yes. Then Brune meets Hunt's base, and for the first time, da -dun -da -dun, we are having our our first true Daymati moment. Because Rune says into Hunt's mind, bold move. <laughs> and Hunt is kind of like, what? 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 <laughs> His response to Rune wasn't quite so awkward. It was neat trick. And Rune's like, it's a gift from my mother's side. And one I've kept very, very, very quiet. Mm-hmm fascinating 
But this is the really fascinating little nugget that comes out of this. I can't be seen talking to you. If you need anything, let me know and I'll do what I can for you. How cool is it that Rune makes that olive branch out to him? Which is why he's the Reese of this book and not Hunt anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. You make this so hard for me sometimes. I'm just like... Sorry, I'm making okay, faces at Kelsey. Lie. Anyway, and Hunt is just kind of shocked because he's like, "Why? Why do you want to help me?" And Rune has the best answer. He says, "Because you would have done anything in your power to keep Bryce from trading herself to Sandriel. I could see it on your face, and because I don't think you're quite as much of an asshole now." <laughs> I find this fascinating. These two are having this whole mind to mind conversation, right? Anyway, then Hunt's like, So, did you know that the Med Witch was Queen Hypaxia? What? <laughs> 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 like his response. Rune's like, uh, no, I fucking didn't. <laughs> I don't think he's real happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it, uh, yeah, I got feelings about this, but it comes up later, so. Yeah. So the Asteri start speaking to them, finally. And... They look at Hypaxia, they officially recognize her as the new queen of the witches. And the the Asteria are again surveying the room. And Rigelus, the bright hand, the description fascinates me. That slim teenage boy's body mm-hmm. was a mockery of the monster's power within. You know, I seem to recall in another book series by this author, (laughs) another, like, monster in a boy's body, bone carver. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I found it interesting. She's afraid of skinny, gangly kids. Apparently. (laughs) But they, they do... You know, they do, you know, call, you know, they, they, they call the meeting to order, so to speak. And they talk about, you know, listening to Sandriel as she provides her testimony. And then it says in here, a slow, horrible scan through the room followed and Hunt knew their eyes were upon him, as they said. And there are others here who may also provide their testimony. The hell? Yeah. Like, I know Hunt was involved in Shahar's rebellion. Yes, he also served under an archangel or two in Pangera and fought for the Asteri, but 
the fuck? That's just awkward. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. As soon as the screens go dark and the Asteri go away, everybody in the room pretty much takes a big deep sigh and it's like, oh, thank God. Including Micah and Sandriel, which I find fascinating. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, and just plays into like my slight confusion at this point of being like 660 pages into this book. And I'm like, still not really convinced I understand who the big bad is. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole discussion for another day. But whatever, it's fine. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But the meeting is called to order, and that's the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Oof. So chapter 74. It's we're back in Leniathan. It's it's Bryce. And she's back at the gallery and she she does say she tore up Jessica's check, which is a relief only because she now doesn't owe Jessica centuries of right. work to pay it back. She also does this weird thing in her head where she's like, uh, you know, she's like, as if uh, being a bastard princess meant anything, as if it said anything about her as a person. The shock on Hunt's face is precisely why she hadn't told him. And all I could think was, okay, first of all, that's bullshit. Second of all, this if you had told him earlier, it actually would have been way more amusing because it would have been exactly like the scene in Tangled when she's like, I have magic hair that glows. And he's like, what? Pretty <laughs> much. And they pop out of the water and she's like, oh, we made it. And he's like, her hair glows. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad that we got out. Her hair actually glows. Ooh, why does her hair glow? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good accurate. I feel like that's how that would have gone down. <laughs> oh yeah, he's my dad. Your dad, yeah. Your dad. Mm-hmm. He's your dad. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oopsie. Which would have been actually way funnier. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but, you know, oh well. We weren't going for amusement, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going for the drama. Um, She does know Hunt's alive because she saw him on the news coverage. She's also made a note that his wings have fully grown back. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That was fast. Mm -hmm. And she does acknowledge she would have fully comfortably traded her place with hunt if it granted him his freedom i'm like girlfriend you are nuts you know that i was gonna say which makes no sense coming from the girl who couldn't even tell him who her dad was like i I know understand this at all yeah She also acknowledges that the she's decided that the Crystallis attack was a payback for her stupidity. Um, okay, I'm not even going to go there beyond that. I'm like, girlfriend, yeah. you got some issues. Yeah, but I do think it's interesting that she points out that like she's been like she didn't just okay like I mean she did kind of fucking go and off herself on a whim, <laughs> but she didn't technically do it on a whim. She did try to research and see if there was any way to get him out. Correct. Like, 
legally, right? And the answers were no, she has to either buy him or trade herself. Which like I like, okay, fine, you get some credit for like checking the law books. On the other hand, bitch, what in the law book? What what could possibly have been written in the law books that was like, or you you have to buy him, you have to sell yourself, or like what did you think the fucking or was gonna be (laughs) like win in a chess match? (laughs) Like what the I guess I don't know. I mean, like, I, 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 can't. I do not. Like, know. I appreciate you're looking into the law books, but that seems like the last place you should have consulted. <laughs> right. She does recognize that the city is super quiet because of the summit. Like, sure. all, all the people that would make it miserable aren't there. So, yay for the summit. Man, like, that's like a jeans day in an office. <laughs> Pretty much. When all the people that make your life crazy aren't in the office. They ain't there, and you get to show up in your fuzzy slippers. <laughs> I remember those days. They were fun. Um, right? <laughs> way vague. She gets a letter from the committee and she talks about it and she is praying and hoping it's from Hunt. It's not. It's from Isaiah. And it had the white opal in it. And yeah. It's so sweet because he's like, Naomi found it on the barge and thought you might want it back. And then he added, he's sorry. So he kept his word to Hunt and told her he He did. Hunt was sorry. I don't know if it's the most effective use of the I'm sorry, but hey, it works, right? Yeah, and I don't know what the fuck else Isaiah was supposed to say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's in a weird position. He really is. Yeah. Because he is not like, happy about this at all. Right, so I don't know what the fuck else he's supposed to say. Kind of like Therian looking at Hunt. I don't know what the fuck else Therian's supposed to say. <laughs> like, well, hey man... Hey man, I'm sorry I showed up to your fucking illegal drug bus. My bad. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry you had a shitty plan that's illegal and I'm essentially a cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are these guys? I'm the good cop busting the sort of bad cop? Like, I mean, you know that's kind of what Therian was thinking. But... Right. Therian's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But at this point, Lily comes up and she's like, Athy looks miserable and so do you, BB. Which I just think is so sweet. Cause I know. She's so, she's like, yeah. She's she really calling does. it like it is. She is. And Syrinx comes up to snuggle with and, and love on Bryce as well. And Lily cracks me up because she's like, so what do we do now? Bryce is like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, there's not a whole hell of a lot we can do. What, what the hell are you talking about? And, you know, Lily's like, you know, we're going back to normal. And Bryce says, yeah. Though, who knows what the hell normal is. And Bryce looks at at Lily and says, you're a good friend, Lily. A really good friend. I'm sorry if I haven't been such a good one to you at times. Which is so nice because... Let's face it, she has not always been that nice to Lily. Yeah. And I love that she's finally letting Lily know that she does care. Yeah. Uh, Lily's sweet. She goes, we'll get through this, BB. You, me, and Siri. Together, we'll get through this. And Bryce and Lily 
shake on it and say deal and that's the end of the chapter i mean this is a super fast say wow that line just fucking doomed either lily or siri like shit Like, great. Couldn't see more foreshadowing if I tried. Somebody in this group ain't gonna fucking make it, and Bryce has got plot armor, so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Locking the, the key and throwing it away. No Locked that one and threw away that key. <laughs> Chapter 75. So, we're back at the summit. And Rune's like, bored. Me too, bro. Me too. Me three. And he's like, it only took Sandrail two hours to tell them what the Asteri wanted them to do, or was basically politely telling them to do. Sort of. Basically, Rune says, it could have been an email. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well... (laughs) All intents and purposes, it could have been an email. <laughs> so now we're going to sit around and talk stupid shit. Like, yeah. we're going to talk piddly crap. That, yeah. again, could be smaller, either group meetings or emails. Like, seriously. Yeah. The one thing Rue makes comment of, though, is, is throughout all of this, no matter what, Hunt is very alert and paying attention. He's very focused and listening but i like the description of it because it says but athalar was alert every minute the assassin seemed to be listening watching and i find it fascinating that they chose the word assassin to describe him yeah i feel like we've called him that before i felt like it was just because we we know he's been the archangel's personal assassin right right but this is how rune chooses to describe him in this moment is assassin And well, I, I think it, that's because up until now he would have said the asshole. <laughs> true, but I just find it so fast. I mean, it to me is a it's just an interesting take yeah. on things. Yeah, well, it just shows that there's been a slight shift in Rune's uh, view of him. Right. Uh, so Rune's just like whatever. People are are being stupid, but there are a few holdouts to what the trade agreements are and what what everybody wants and and what they're being told and one of them is rune's father and the mayor and the witches i'm sorry i just had an epiphany (laughs) Hmm. this is all very good information and it is exactly like all of the really good information we got about how the tax code works in the spring court (laughs) like mm, i'm sure there are some nuggets in here that matter but i am bored because <laughs> as, as you recall there were some good nuggets we got out of that the tax code and shit yeah it's like why we had a deal with a water rate so it like ultimately paid off right it was just really fucking boring at the time <laughs> i just find it fascinating the wolves have capitulated but yeah. the witches the mare and the fae have not yeah which is interesting but whatever yeah uh we do get a little flashback where rune had cornered hypaxia in the cafeteria and was like why didn't you tell me who you were sure which is like a fair question 
And her answer is kind of funny. She's like, well, you didn't ask. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't all go around asking, wait, is you the queen? Like, okay. Sure, bitch, sure. But the answer to the next two, to the next question that Rune asks is, well, what were you doing in the shop? And she's like, my sources told me evil was stirring in the city. I came to see for myself discreetly. And as it says in here, it was why she'd been at the scene of the temple guard's murder, he realized. And there, the night Athelar and Bryce had been attacked in the park. I also came to see what it was like to be ordinary before this. And she waves towards her crown. Also fair. And Rune is fun, like, so you know what my father thinks and expects, right? And she's like, yeah, but that's not going to happen right now for me for with anybody. Period. Anybody. Not you. Not anyone. I find it interesting because she's like, nope, 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 not happening. Not yeah, happening. Not which happening. I find super weird. Like, I find it interesting and kind of fucking weird because I feel like that was not her tune like, when she and Rue were just talking as, like, two peeps talking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm sorry, were you fucking bullshitting then? Or are you bullshitting now? Because these two things cannot be true at the same time. <laughs> Not gonna say. <laughs> you find out more in the next book. Um, I mean, anyway. I would hope so. If we just dropped this like a hot potato, that would not be a good book. Oh, no, you find out more in the next book. I leave it at that. Jessica doesn't have a whole lot to have say. She's been very quiet. I don't know if she's actually capitulated to what these trade agreements are so much as just sat there and not said shit to anybody. Well, yeah, what is there to say in these things? We've all been in these meetings where it's like, you're not asking me, you're telling me. So why don't we just get this fucking over with? Well, but I find her her one little tidbit so fascinating. Because remember, she's the only one there to represent the House of Flame and Shadow. And she's like, yeah, we thrive on death and chaos. We have no quarrel with a long, devastating war. The Reapers are always happy to ferry the souls of the dead. Even the right. archangels apparently looked disconcerted when she said that. And I'm like, hmm. Sandra, I mean, uh, uh, Jessica certainly knows when to throw down. Yeah, for real. She knows how to make people uncomfortable in the best possible way. I love it. So they all, it's it's morning, 9 a.m. The meeting gets called to order. And Sandra's like, oh, Michael's been called away. He'll be joining us later. So she's going to run the meeting. And, you know, they're like, there's only one person, well, really six of them, a.k.a. the Asteri that could have pulled Micah away from this. Uh, so, you know, Sandriel takes charge and, and, you know, this huge argument comes in. When Sandra's like, and the mayor are going to explain to us why they're opposed to this. And, you know, she's like, Therian's the one who steps in, though. And she, she's like, you know, he says, 
I'd say that when your war machines rip up our oyster beds and kelp forests, it's not short-sighted to say that it will destroy our fishing industry. And Sandriel's response, gee, tell me this doesn't sound familiar. You will be compensated. Yeah. And the mayor just keep going, it's not about that. It's about the planet and taking care of it. And, you know, Sandriel's whole response is, oh, well, war takes sacrifice. I was like, and I think this is why I'm so bored in complete fairness. Probably if you like read this and you live in, I don't know, fucking somewhere that's not America. You're like, oh, oh, this is fascinating. Here I'm like, this is just a fucking Tuesday on CNN. Like, Jesus. <laughs> like, we fucking live this shit all day, every day. We are run by a bunch of assholes. And we got some Therians out there who say some stuff that makes some fucking sense. And everybody goes, sit down, boy. And he goes, all right. So, like, <laughs> to me, I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure other people consider this fascinating political intrigue. I just find it interesting that they're, you know, going back and forth and, and the mayor are holding out because of the effect of the planet, which, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, Hypaxia supports him and says, you know, his argument has merit. Uh, you know, she's like, will you pay governor for a thousand seasons, 2000 seasons? What of the creatures who make their homes in the places you propose to destroy? How shall you pay them? And this is one of the many reasons why I just don't like Sandrio. Cause she's <laughs> like, they are lowers, lower than the lowers. Yep. And the, and and Hypaxia is like, they are children of Midgard, children of Cathona. And then Sandriel being the bitch that she is, is, oh, spare me your bleeding heart. And I'm just yep. like, O-M-G. I'm like, cool, she's a bitch. She's such a bitch. But she and San uh, Hypaxia and Sandriel end up having a stare-off contest. And the one to blink first was Sandriel, not yeah. Hypaxia. Yep. And I love it. I love it. Sipa finally acknowledges Hypaxia and smiles at her when she stares down Sandriel. Yeah. It, you realize that something's happened between Therian and Hypaxia because they're having their own kind of conversation. Uh, Rune observes it and she goes into this whole speech about the, you know, to streamline the war. Hypaxia goes back to her papers. But then her eyes lift up to where Therian is at the second ring of tables, and he gives her a slight secret smile, gratitude and acknowledgement. She nods back, and the male mayor casually lifts his paper, flashing what looked like about 20 rows of markings, counting something. Hypaxia's eyes widened, bright with reproach and disbelief, and Therian lowered the paper before anyone else noticed and added yet another slash to it. What the heck? I don't know. The Autumn King gets up to speak, so Rune finally stops trying to pay attention to anything but what his dad is saying. Because he's like, sure. none of it matters in the end. Sandra, Ill, and Michael would get what they wanted. Everything would remain the same. And then it switches to Hunt, because we do get an invisible snowflake. And he's yep. just like, he's bored. <laughs> Again, same bro, same. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, he does acknowledge that he knows Pollux is counting down the hours until he could be unleashed upon Hunt. So every time he smiled at Hunt, Hunt's 
grins right back at him. So go hunt. Right. Um, you know, he, he acknowledges his hunts have healed. His hunt he acknowledges that his wings have healed, you know, and he's hoping that the delegations who were holding out the Fae, the Mayor, the Witches would until the end of the summit before the remembering, before remembering that control was an illusion and the Asteri would simply just issue an edict. But he oh. figures he has a few more days and that's all he wanted. At least that's what he tells himself. And that is the end of the chapter. Pleasant. And all I have to say to you folks is, OMG, this was not the most exciting section, but holy no. shit. Wait till you see what's coming next. And I know we've been saying that for nearly 700 pages, but I swear to God. <laughs> oh, I know what's coming next. Okay, so our boys are bored. We were bored. It's fine. Hopefully we made you giggle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is not a very exciting section per se, but there's a lot of interesting information that's put out there. Um, I mean, I dropped a couple of spoilers telling you when some of it will show up. Sure. AKA the next book or where it gets confirmed in Silver Flames. So, I mean, as you all know at this point, I would hope I'm not into dropping spoilers, but I I want you all to understand that. I, I sometimes I just have to kind of clue you in a little if you're not there. Yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise Kelsey would, would all... probably kill me. Oh, mostly it's that we would all give up hope. But anyway. Um... <laughs> you're my only hope, Obi-Wan. <laughs> Man, we're on it with the references today. Your movie references, you're hoping we work into the next episode. You should message us. <laughs> Let us know. We'll try. You can tell us on all of the things. They all have two A's like Sarah J. Mass's name. You know, it makes logical sense. Anyway, website at massivefansbookclub.com, Facebook at Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast, Twitter at Massive Podcast, Instagram at Massive Fans Podcast, Pinterest at Massive Fans, TikTok at Massive Fan Pod. Uh, hey, Kim, if people have made it this far, what are you reading right now? Do you like it? Um, I do. I'm, I'm reading, well, I'm reading a couple of things. Hold on, I gotta get let me switch apps in my tablet. Well, well, why why don't you talk about in. what you're reading? Because right now, okay. It's well, right easier. now I'm kind of reading some arcs, so that's kind of a crapshoot, and I don't really feel like I can uh, divulge all of that yet. But um, I do have a new itty bitty baby uh, bookstagram. If anybody cares, it's Kelsey dot read in right. So R E D N W R I T E. Anyway, I'm putting some book reviews and stuff over there if you care, but I did just finish a rogue of one's own by Evie Dunmore and I fucking loved every second of that shit. So definitely going to read more of her stuff. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, I, I am. Um, I've been going back. I'm doing some really light reading right now. I'm, with the new uh, uh, with the new job that I have that I'm I'm commuting with, um, I'm trying not to get too sucked into too many books right now because even though I have a commute, um, I'm trying to pace myself a little. Completely fair. Because I know I have to start prepping up for Silver Flames. So, yes, <laughs> I, we do. As Kelsey knows, that means my focus. I want to finish this, and I have to get there, and so it's just my focus is in a other place. But I have um, found a series of books, uh, the retelling of um, fairy tales. And they're called Fairy Tales Reimagined. And um, I've just started book one called Queen of Snow, a Snow Queen and Jack Frost romance. Oh. And I'm kind of intrigued. 
heard of this series now that you're saying this. I have not read them, but I feel like I've come across those. So I'm intrigued. Um, we'll see what comes out of that. And um, I am reading. I'm also reading uh, Pippa Grant and Lauren Landish have both released a couple of books recently. And I'm a big fan of theirs. And I'm also a big fan of Lucy Score. They're all modern contemporary romance writers. Yes. Megan Quinn, Pippa Grant, Land Laura Lauren Landish, and Lucy Score are probably of the modern, modern ones that are out there, probably sure. my four favorite. And I try to keep up with everything that they release when they release it. So I'm kinda I just finished one of Lauren Landish's and I've got a new one that I'm getting ready to start. So nothing, I mean, honestly, people, I'm sorry, it's not very exciting stuff. Um, I just, I'm taking a bit of a mental break from my reading and I'm enjoying my fluff. So, um, and unrelated because neither of us have read it yet, but it's definitely on our TBR. Um, Caven, you remember our BFF Mm -hmm. from (laughs) TikTok who does the best fucking Cassian on her. She does. Oh my God. Anyway, her book just dropped like last week. Yes. Yeah. So you can read it. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. I just checked. Uh, $6.99 for Kindle, so you can't beat that. <laughs> well, I want to, I have to admit, I think one of the things I may do when I finish the, these two romance novels, I have a friend of mine who has written a fantasy series. Um, nice. And I think I'm going to go back and reread her stuff because book four nice. came out last year. And I just kind of want to pick it back up and, and get back into it. It's It's kind of a... Well, it's definitely Celtic influenced and it it's modern, but there's some there's some really cool fantasy side to it. Um, I mean it's anyway, it's cool. So, uh Meredith, if you're out there or anybody who knows Meredith Stoddard, um, go check out her Once in Future series because it's amazing. I totally recommend it. I have fallen in love with it and the characters nice. and and totally I'm waiting now on book five impatiently. So I make I never reread that. I realize now I never said Caven's book, uh, the title. It's A Forbidden Fate. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't wait. That's and don't ask my... me how to say her last name. There's a reason she didn't use it in her uh, TikTok handle. <laughs> it's because there's a lot of letters. Anyway. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> yes. Very true. Very, very true. But yeah, no, um, I mean. I'm not reading a whole lot of exciting yeah. stuff right now. I'm just trying to. I'm reading some arcs. Uh, I will say one of them is Nisha's. Now you may remember we have her on the podcast recently because yeah. I read another one of her arcs, but her other one just dropped and I'm reading it. So it'll be coming out soon. Uh, we like her. She's great. And She's then um, what else? What else? I feel like a lot of books are just like suddenly falling out of the sky. Um- <laughs> A.M. Wallace announced that her, her, next one is December right yeah she finished so she finished book three and claiming Elfheim and it's with her beta readers and yeah she's actually started to write a new series so I'm excited I can't wait to get that arc I know right right yeah we should probably have that around Thanksgiving so we'll definitely have her on again and uh yeah so that's where we're at as far as like the book world is concerned just just thought we'd go off on a tangent for a moment since this was kind of a short episode and kind of a weird session. 
It is a weird section, but if you've read ahead, you know what's coming. If you've already read the whole book, you definitely know what's coming. <laughs> um, Kelsey has not read ahead. I keep telling her she needs to, but she hasn't had time between family and you know. sick family and yeah, sick, sick family. You know, I got a, I have a job and arcs, and people would like their reviews before their books come out. So. And then. So there's that. Also, I also have this fear of getting like too far ahead and then not being able to remember the part we're actually supposed to record about. Uh, because as we've mentioned, we've just had the worst fucking time trying to record and edit and publish and everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. So sometimes we're recording episodes twice and or recording one episode, but over like three days and then it's taking another like three days to get it published for various fucking reasons. And so, yeah, part of me is just like, mm, if I read too far ahead, I'm going to like really mess up my brain. Uh, so. <laughs> yes. yes. So here we are. So if you've made it this far, once again, thanks for your patience. <laughs> yes. Your patience is so appreciated. And <laughs> I assure you, we we do, we really are trying to get these out and stay on top of it. And we do have things we want to do. Um, we're looking at possibly getting some swag going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep your eye out for that. We should have it's, it like just in time for the holidays. <laughs> I hope. God, that'll be exciting. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have a good time. So, you know, we do have things we're working on. We've just kind of had to slow down for Silver Flames. I'm kind of excited. Yeah. <laughs> we, do. we just, I'll be honest, you guys, we've had to slow down a little. Um, yeah. We've just kind of gotten away. I've had some family stuff I've had to address. And uh, let's put it this way. You know how like back in 2020, we were all like, it's going to be my year. And then fucking COVID happened. And then 2021, we were all like, it's going to be my year, maybe. And then COVID didn't fucking stop. And then 2022 came. We were all like, okay, really, though, this time, third time is a fucking charm. It wasn't. <laughs> I can't say it, it wasn't for me so much as I have a middle schooler. And yeah. for any parents out there, if your child, if, if your child or children have not made it to middle school, God bless you. I'm telling you, it is not for the thing of heart. <laughs> For those of you who are out there and have middle school age children or have older children, you understand what I'm saying when I say it is not for the faint of heart. I will also tell you COVID has done none of these kids any favors and they're COVID ain't done nothing anybody so no favors. <laughs> well no, but let me tell you, when when you're just starting to go through that whole puberty thing, the awkwardness of middle school, the yeah. horror that is middle school, and you realize that you lost two years of social skills sure. because of COVID. These yeah. kids are a hoot and a trip, let me tell you. And I don't necessarily right. mean that as a good thing sometimes. Yeah, I could see that. So That's fair. Yes. That's fair. Kelsey, Kelsey I knows just, I have I've had my hands very full trying oh, to yes, care stuff. And I just, you know, it's like I always say, everything's like a blessing and a curse. You know, like we got to move. We got to move. We bought a new house and we moved and that's great. But we fucking bought a new house and we moved and that's a pain in the ass. <laughs> and that's just a gift that keeps on giving. Oh. <laughs> Because she's like two and a half hours away from me now. Right. So now when we have like uh, recording nightmares, like can't just be like, okay, I'll meet you at your house. (laughs) Yeah. We would actually have to coordinate a weekend for me to like go down there or her to come up here. Yeah, exactly. And I have a small child that refuses to wean. So, I mean, you know, here we are (laughs) just fucking living life. (laughs) It's it's a party. For 2023, it's going to be my year. I can't say anything because overall 2022 has not been a bad year for me and I'm not going to well, jinx yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. 
I mean, there's still I some time 50. left. I wouldn't jinx myself if I were you. I, I turned 50. I had to cancel my party because my mom had COVID. And um, then I got COVID over the summer. So that was festive. I guess the, the, the twist of fate here was my mom gets COVID on my birthday, right? Yeah. I have COVID over hers. Lol. I think it's fair. Like How I said, 2022 has been a fucking trip. It's been an interesting year. It really Got has. a little bit of time left. Hopefully just enough time to fucking get into Silver Flames and get those shits up on uh, our website for people to buy. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I promise we are working on lots of fun things. Please bear with us. <laughs> all right. If you made it this far, thank you. We love you. Like I said, go yes. leave us notes on all the things. We love to hear from you. Yes, mm. we do. Mm. Okay. I guess till next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.